Welcome to a God Shift podcast, where we move you from disruption and delay into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. I'm your host, Shana Rattler, and I'm a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. Join myself and other leaders who unapologetically share their story of when their life collided with God's purpose and put them on the path that was designed for them. You will learn how to bounce back from setbacks, disappointments, and uncertainty, and unlock the door to confidence move into your next chapter. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a, another episode of A God Shift. I am your host, Shana Rattler. I am so glad that you are here today. But before we get started, I would love it if you would do me a favor. Wherever it is that you are listening to this podcast, I just want you to take a screenshot. And with that screenshot, if you would post it on your social media, tag us here at A God Shift, and then I just want to hear your biggest aha moment or your biggest takeaway from this episode. Why do I do that? I do that not so much for downloads and shares and metrics, but I do it because I want people to recognize that whatever it is that they're going through, that there is hope on the other side of that adversity, and there's God in the middle and on the other side of that adversity as well. And so the more times these episodes get shared, the more likely we are to see that happen. I am going to read my guest's bio and we are going to get started. I think we've been trying to have this interview for a while now, so let's get to it. So my guest today is an engineer turned mystery writer, entertaining speaker, and recovering people pleaser. She inspires others to become their best selves, living with authenticity and purpose, and she infuses her novels with quirky characters who thrive on solving tricky problems. Her Livia Amelia Mysteries, set in first century Rome, have won several awards, including the Golden Scroll Novel of the Year in 2021. I want to welcome to the show, Lisa Betts. Thank you, Shana. I'm really thrilled to be here. I'm excited to have you. So before we get started, I just want to kind of set the stage for the conversation a little bit. So this is called a God shift. And my definition of a God shift is the moment of disruption in your life collides with God's purpose. But then if we do a few things right, that moves us into greater possibility. And I believe that God really is trying to get our attention. That's why he allows disruption. That's why he allows unexpected circumstances in our lives to show up because he wants to get our attention. And then once he has our attention, that's usually when he can invite us into what it is that he really has planned for us. So Lisa, I would love if you could share a time with us that you actually had to overcome some form of disruption in order to get to where it is that you are today. Well, actually, it's it's writing that God has used um, to take me to a place I would never have imagined. Yeah. Um, I, I started writing many years ago as a hobby. And I had no idea at the time, although I'm sure God knew what he was doing, but I had no idea that it was going to lead to, to completely new things that I would never have imagined. Now, I've grown up in church. I was always helping out with ministries. You know, I would help out in the church, volunteer here, lead a Bible study there. But if someone had ever asked me, what is your ministry? I I wouldn't have known how to answer that because I wasn't thinking in terms of owning a ministry of having specific people that God is leading me to be a ministry leader for. But that's the process that God has been leading me through for many years. Um, And now I can kind of look back and, and see how that happened. So as I said, I started I started 
writing as a hobby, something to do when I had small children. And then along the way, I had lots of little God shifts. So that's what I, I like how you've said in, in previous podcasts, how there's sometimes there's big God shifts and sometimes there's lots of little ones. And sometimes so, they're positive, you know, it's not always negative. I think we pay attention a lot more to the negative ones, but sometimes, you know, when people are being asked to shift, it's, they're taking them into something great, but it's still unexpected. Sometimes it's still uncomfortable. And sometimes we still don't recognize how to navigate those waters. Yeah, I agree. And and I would say that that in my current journey, the biggest pod God shift um was one that was positive. I, I I went through this writing journey and I had lots of little God shifts where I began to, to see myself as a writer, which was a big shift in my own head, and to begin to believe that I had something worth writing, that I could actually write a book, that I could actually publish a book. And so all these little shifts along the way. And then finally, I got to a place where I had published my first book. And I thought that was the end of a journey. <laughs> but God knew that was the beginning of a whole new journey toward me really being more intentional about being a ministry leader and having a ministry through my writing and and then calling me into beginning to do some speaking. So it was so that was a major god shift in my recent life was that god took something i thought was an end and turned it into a new beginning. Wow. And, and so, so i think i think the moral of, of the story is you know there are some people who begin a ministry because they've had a major life disruption and now they they want to minister to other people who've had to go through this kind of thing. And there are some people who have a ministry because they just feel God's strong calling toward a certain group of people, a certain need. But then there are people like me who perhaps, perhaps you could say we're reluctant leaders. <laughs> and, and so God has just taken, taken our daily obedience and slowly and gently kind of pushed us into a ministry that we didn't know we wanted. But when we get here, we're like, oh, okay, God, we can do this. You know, and what I love about what you're saying, Lisa, is you're actually redefining ministry for one and not necessarily redefining, but allowing people the opportunity to look at it differently. Because so many people, when they hear ministry, they automatically think within the four walls of the church. When some people hear ministry, they automatically think pastoring. So I was at an event this past weekend and the leader of this of this organization was actually licensing licensing people as ministers. And I heard someone say, well, I don't need that because God's not calling me to pastor. And so I didn't have a whole lot of time to like go down the rabbit hole. But I said, you know, ministry is not just pastoring. You know, there's so much more to ministry. Now, technically, the Bible says that we're all called to minister. Right. And so ministry, especially in the digital age that we live in, takes on so many different forms and fashions. Sometimes a ministry is a person going door to door and sharing the gospel. Sometimes a ministry is a podcast. Sometimes a ministry is writing. Like there's so many forms of ministry. And so when I personally think about ministry, and I would love to hear if you see it this way as well, but when I personally look at ministry, I just look at it as getting a message out that is going to bring people closer to God, give them the tools and support that they need to navigate life in the way that the Bible says. And you can do that through multiple different mediums. Do you agree with that? Yeah, totally, totally agree. And it was it was a subtle mind shift that I've had recently to go from I do ministry stuff to I am a minister. Yes. 
So I didn't change what I did all that much. It was just a different way of thinking about it. And when I think about I am a minister, there are people out in the world who need what I have to say, who need what I have to write, then I can be a lot more intentional about asking God how to serve those people directly instead of, well, I do my thing and God does whatever he does with it. Right. So there's a difference in who you are and what it is that you do. And, and even though they may be very interwoven, it's it sounds to me like that little five degree shift in perspective really kind of opened things up for you. What did you learn as a result of that revelation? Well, yeah, like you say, it just changed it changed my my perspective and my focus. I um I've been blogging for years and I call my blog Live Intentionally because I've, you know, in this world there are all kinds of currents that are pushing us off track. Um and so we need to daily make intentional decision after decision after decision. And I, I I like to say one small step at a time because every small little step gets us a little bit closer to something. And if we keep making decisions that are honoring God, that are honoring what he's calling us to do, then we're getting closer to him and, and closer to reaching our full potential. And that's why I talk about, you know, it's so hard it's so hard to shed people pleasing and approval seeking and you know overachieving yeah. to try and earn our 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 value but god god says our value is in him alone and so we have to keep making these small little decisions to begin to let go of those unhelpful beliefs to begin to hold on to his truth better to begin to bloom into the potential and into the purpose that he has for us instead of making everybody else happy and it's it's not easy and that's why People like you and I are out there adding our voice to the people who need encouragement to make those decisions, to make those little God shifts. Yeah. And I believe that that's why God shifts are necessary. I believe that that's why disruption is necessary is because the Lord is really trying to get us into what it is that he has for us. Mm -hmm. And I believe that one of the common barriers that I have seen is exactly what you just said, is that when people can't see the long road, when they can't see out into the distance, they're not willing to move. Not recognizing that if you're not willing to take the first step, you don't really know what's at the second step. I used to call it when I was in the business coaching world, I called it creating in a vacuum. We sit at our desks and we create what we think it's going to take to get us to our end goal. We think we know how people are going to respond. We think we know what they're going to need and what we're going to need to say, only to find out when we put it out there that much of that needed to be tweaked. And so it's the same thing with anything in life or anything that God might be calling you to. You don't really even know, you can't plan out all of the steps until you take the next step. I I equate it to like going higher in a building. Why are you concerned about what you're at the first floor? Why are you concerning yourself so much what's what's on the third floor and you haven't even gotten to the second floor? Yeah. And so what have you seen? You know, I think that that's one of the common barriers. The Lord uses this disruption because he wants it to be a tool in our lives. But Mm -hmm. so often because of things that we allow to be barriers in our lives, it actually becomes something that keeps us stuck. So what are some of the things, Lisa, that you've seen in ministering with people that are some of the common barriers that keeps this disruption from becoming a tool to move them forward? Well, one thing that often is a problem is that we hold on to that thing, the last thing that God told us to do. We hold on to the thing because we know how to do this now. 
Yes. And we've got it figured out. And so we sometimes we have to let go of the old thing in order to, to open our hands to receive the new thing that God wants us to move into. And if we hold on to it too tightly, we can really get ourselves stuck back there. And I find that there are a couple of things that, that really help, you know, when we're facing a disruption, it's never any fun. So one thing we need is a, is a lens of faith. So a lens helps you see things differently, right? You know, these glasses help me see close up. Um, but faith, Hebrew tells us, is being sure of things that are not seen. So a lens of faith helps us believe that God is working when we can't see the results right. and that God is leading us when we can't see the path. So we need that lens of faith to, to, to keep moving forward when it doesn't feel like or look like things are happening or that maybe God's ignoring us or we're going the wrong way or whatever. And the other thing is, is we need, we need to shift our perspective, right? When we have, when we have a disruption, we tend to focus on it. And sometimes that's all we can see. Um, one thing I love to do is I, I love to read, I'm not a neuroscientist by any stretch, but I love to read books about neuroscience because it's telling us what God told us thousands of years ago that, that we can transform our minds. Right. And that, you know, that there, a lot of the battle is going on in the mind. And one of the little studies that I think is so, so fun, but it really helps us realize how selective our vision is. Wow. So a study, these researchers, they tell someone, a volunteer, okay, I'm going to stand on this busy street corner and you're just going to count how many red cars go by for an hour. And then I'm going to tell me how many they are. So they get to the end of the hour and they're all proud, you know, and they report how many cars they saw. And the researcher says, well, did you see the gorilla? Uh, gorilla. While they were in the middle of this study, somebody in a gorilla suit walked right past them and they never see the gorilla. Because they're so, because so, they're so focused. The <laughs> so, so, so we have to realize that all of us are maybe missing gorillas in our life. Mm. And, and some of those gorillas are the really good things God is doing. They're right in front of our noses, but we're so fixated on something, something we that's a problem, something we wish we had, whatever it is, that we miss, that we miss the other good things God is also doing. And so if we shift our perspective, widen it out a little bit, then we can begin to see the good things that are happening in the midst of a disruption. And we can maybe then give ourselves permission to sort of pivot and look for an opportunity over here that we didn't right. have to look for. And I also want to want to add to that 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 you just described is even more important when God is asking us to let go of a good thing. Mm, yes, it's very difficult for us to sometimes recognize that that is a season that has expired because it was a good mm -hmm. thing, and mm -hmm. we can't imagine why in the world would I have to be letting go of a good thing. And I also think to your point about being so focused. Since it's a good thing, we don't have as many reasons to be looking for what could be next because yeah, what we're in is so great. Mm -hmm. Oh mm -hmm. my God, yeah. that's so good. Well, Lisa, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want us to share some more tips and advice, if you will, on how people can begin to move forward when they find themselves in a God shift. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the free guide When God Says Shift. Inside, you'll discover the four shifts required to reveal God's plan to ditch disruption or delay and get his blessings faster. Head to GodSaysShift.com to access it now. 
Awesome. So Lisa, before the break, we were talking about, you know, some of the things that prevent us from really being able to maximize our God shift moments. And so if someone is listening to this and they're like, I really want to get to a point that when I find myself in a God shift, I want to make sure that I am able to push through that in a more positive way and end up, you know, exactly where it is that God desires me to be. You talked about lens of faith. What is another tip that somebody can implement like right now? You know what I mean? Because I think a lot of things that we that we teach people especially the things that we understand can still be so conceptual to others. So if someone is listening to this right now, what would be your best tip that they can start doing today? Well, one tip that I, you know, keep repeating in, in my, in my blog and my writing is each little decision counts. So you, you, you just have to do life one step at a time and you just take the next step and you have to believe that these tiny little steps actually make a difference. That's the part sometimes you think, well, why should I even bother making that decision or changing my attitude? Because what's it going to mean? It's not going to change anything. But we have to believe that it does. So I had this kind of interesting visual I was thinking of this morning. So if you're in a canoe in a lake and you're it's a man-made lake, so you're down at the end where the dam is. And it may look like the lake is perfectly flat, but there's actually a subtle current that's keeping you at the dam end. So if you want to get across the lake, you have to put your paddle in and push, but you can't just do one paddle and get to the other side. You have to do one and you don't have to keep doing, do, 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 but you can do one here and you can do one right. there and you can do a couple here. And sometimes you can see across the lake exactly where you want to get to, but sometimes the lake's kind of windy and wiggly and you, and you don't see where you're going. You have to go around this island and around that headland and you just have to keep paddling. And so life's kind of like that sometimes, Yeah, but, but each, each little decision makes a difference because they add up to change, to growth, to potential, to achieving dreams. Yeah. And I would add to that and focus on the decision that matters that you can do today. You know, when I was, when I was teaching business owners, I said, I want you to not even be able to count past 90. You know, I want you to have an idea of what's going to happen beyond day 90, but I really want your focus to be on What is going to move the needle the most in this 90 days? Because oftentimes we can get so focused on what has to happen in future steps that we really neglect what really needs to be happening in this in this step. And so, yes, we need to focus on those tiny decisions. We need to think about what can we do today that is going to move the needle Because if every day we do that, we're going to continue to move forward. We're going to continue to move forward. But if we're so focused on what is ahead of us that we're not giving proper attention to what is in front of us, then sometimes our path is a lot lot more difficult. Yeah, I was just reading in a book recently, something reminded me of, you know, getting back to the basics when you're going through a rough time and I'm, I'm dealing with some some issues, you know, with my mom um, not doing well at all right now. So we're kind of in that one of these seasons. And the book was reminding you when you're facing fear and grief and things like that, don't neglect the basics, eat well, get your sleep, get some yeah. exercise, all those. And th- those things we sometimes we're not even looking at them because we're focused on some other thing, but yet those simple little things can enable us to get to the big things. Yeah. So I want to talk about you a little bit as we begin to wind up. So I know you're a writer. I know you have a blog. I know you have a lot of different things 
um, that people can glean from you, whether it's to read your books for entertainment, because I know you said you write some some really interesting um, novels, um, mm-hmm. but I know you have a blog. I know you do some ministry stuff. So if someone wanted to take things further with you first, where would they find you on social media? Uh, they can find me on Facebook, Lisa Ebetz Writer. And uh, I do post things on Pinterest. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an Instagram or a Twitter sort of person, really. Uh, okay. But yeah, my website is lisaebetz.com and you can find my blogs there. You can find information on my books. Yeah, if you like lighthearted, fast-paced mysteries with spunky, spunky main characters, then you might enjoy my my two mysteries, and I'm working on the third one. Um, and you can find them on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Okay. I'd like to give you, I'd like to give you a couple of minutes, Lisa, to either talk more deeply, because I believe that if we give people multiple options, they probably get a little confused. So I would like to give you a couple of minutes to specifically talk about the primary thing that you would want somebody to go look at, whether that's the blog or one of the books, just tell them a little bit more about what it includes and how they can expect it to impact their lives. Well, I think thing that perhaps your readers will or listeners will will really enjoy. I have a 14-day devotional based on the names of God, but the focus is on strengthening the foundation of our identity in Christ. The more we know God, the more we trust him and the more we can trust our identity in him. So that was the 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 reason where I created this um 14-day devotional and you can find it at lisaebet/backslash/identity. So and I call it I call it God is enough, so I don't need to be. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's so good. I love clever people. (laughs) I was just telling my really good friend this weekend, like, I'm so left-brained. I don't come, you know, I don't come up with the neat little nifty things like some of you all do. So praise God for you right-brained, creative, nifty people. So Lisa, I want to thank you so much. I'm going to make sure that the links to everything that you have given us are in the show notes, but I want to thank you so much for being here today. I want to thank you for sharing these nuggets. This has been so good. Like there have been so many gems in here that we probably could have unpacked for 20 minutes for every single one of them, but nobody would probably listen to us that long. So (laughs) I appreciate you being here. Everyone, again, I wish that you would share these episodes and I hope that you will go back and listen to future and previous episodes as well. Everyone have a great day. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening to the God Shift Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And remember to put God first and everything will fall into place.